welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and it's my hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. All right, so with me today, I am very happy to introduce Grace and Peace Radio listeners to Brian Arnold. Brian is with gracebound.org, grace-bound.org. And uh, Brian and I have a mutual interest in one young man in Uganda. And so we're, I'm excited to talk to him today and to share with you listeners about how we're doing this thing about Help Daniel Walk what that is, who Daniel is, and Lord willing, how you can partner with us to help Daniel walk. So welcome, Brian. Hey, great to be here. Anthony. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. So let's start with a, a little bit of a history. How did you come to have an involvement in Uganda? All right, a um, bit of a story. Um, the year was 2016 and um, my mom and dad had been had a ministry called Equipping Pastors International, and that's short EPI is what they call it. It's uh, www.equippingpastors.com. That's their website. And she'd been to Africa all the time. My dad and my mom went to Africa four times a year. They taught pastors. They loved it. And then my dad died suddenly in 2005. The pastors in Africa just loved her. They said, we want you to come anyway. So she would come over and she would teach and she would teach about marriage. She started by just teaching the women, but the, the men loved it so much. It was so helpful that she taught the men and the women mainly about marriage and marital issues that relate to being a pastor and being married. And she kept saying, Brian, I want you to come with me one time to Africa. And I didn't want to go. At the time, I was traveling all over the world. I was uh, working as a international liaison for a world's largest gift card uh, provider, and it took me everywhere. Uh, I had business meetings in every continent on the globe, except for Antarctica, where there's hardly any business. And I had traveled to over 30 countries. It was all first world kind of travel in the major capitals of the world. And so I just didn't have a desire to go to sub-Saharan Africa. You know, actually I had a bit of fear. I was afraid of disease and afraid of kidnapping and Boko Haram and the kind of things that I would read about. And I just wasn't ready. And in 2016, after I had lost that job because of a merger and was working independently doing IT work, I just said, you know what? The time is right. My mom has invited me. Now it's time to go. So I went with her for a uh, three-week trip to Zambia and Kenya, not Uganda, but Zambia and Kenya. And we met up with uh, her partner in ministry and now one of my best friends, uh, Martin O.D. He's Ugandan. He met us in Zambia. And we ministered together. We had several pastors conferences. And of course, I was just smitten with Africa. You know, we stayed in a, and, in, in, you know, just a hardly, you know, 
a half of a star, uh, <laughs> one third of a star hotel called a guest house, but it didn't matter because I loved the place. The people were just unbelievably effusive with joy and, and love and uh, gratitude. And of course the singing and the worship was fantastic. We were uh-huh. in the villages where, you know, there were no instruments, didn't need to be any, any instruments because the clapping and the voices were just fantastic. And I was so impressed. They were so intelligent. They would speak or sing in five different languages. And I just love these people. And I was, I was really touched with the kids. And in Zambia, as in Uganda, there's a lot of AIDS. And so uh, there are a lot of orphans. And I was impressed with how they handled it. They basically handled it on a case-by-case basis. There's no, there's no government foster program. There's no safety net, but the churches would, would say, you know, they would go to a family and say, can you take this orphan or these two, this brother and sister? And so it was all informal. And I was just so touched by that. And so when I came back after three weeks of being in for Zambia and then Kenya, I just started showing pictures and telling my story. I first came back to my church where I was an elder at the time, told my story, showed the pictures, showed pictures of the kids, said, you know, this is something that I really, you know, I just said, you know, I've resolved that now that I've come back from Africa, I'm going to try to make as much money as I can and give away as much money as I can. That was my goal. And I told that to my friends. We had about 40 people at the church, just an informal thing. Afterwards, five or six people came up and gave me money. They wrote me checks. They said, you can get this money to those kids. I said, yeah, I think I can. By giving it to the leaders who I knew and trusted, they worked with the kids. So I wasn't planning on starting an organization or a charity. It just sort of happened in my first two or three weeks back. And so before we knew it, we were taking these checks. I got incorporated, started Grace-Bound as an organization. And the, the charter is to, is to minister and to help African orphans and vulnerable children by giving directly to the leaders who are ministering to them and to help them with to, to feed them, to educate them, to house them by helping the leaders that are actively doing it. And that's what we've done. And we've raised probably now, maybe just shy of $100,000 that has gone directly to these leaders and they give it directly to the kids. They somehow are able to. And you know, we always give a little bit more than we're giving to the children so that the leaders themselves are blessed as well. We never want to get into a situation where we're giving to a pastor who is helping orphans, but not able to even provide for their own children. So we give a little bit to the pastors so that they can then turn around and help their own children and help the children in their communities, get them schooled, get them put uniforms on them, give them food. The last year and a half, we've done a lot of emergency food relief because people don't have jobs. They've shut down the markets. They've shut down the schools. Uh, they can't get day jobs. And so 
people are having difficulty in feeding themselves. So we've done a lot of emergency food relief. It's gone very well. So yeah, it's just developed that way. And um, I've only made one trip to Africa. It was a three week trip, but it's been very fruitful. And I haven't been able to be back since then because of travel and then COVID. And I work a day job. I, I, I work uh, for a major law firm. So I don't have the same kind of freedom to travel as I did when I was an independent consultant. So it's been a little bit limited, but I, we keep it up. We send out newsletters. We have quite a few good regular donors and they are impressed because the money goes directly to the ministry. We're completely volunteer. We cover all of our administrative costs. So every 100% of every donation goes to help African kids. Yeah, and like you, uh, I, I was first in Uganda, uh, first in Africa uh, in 2019, January of 2019, and went on a uh, evangelism trip there. And like you, I mean, immediately just fell in love with the people. Uh, everything that you said, I, I, I saw as far as their effusiveness and their joy and, you know, the, the music, the singing, it was, uh, you know, it was really a, a delight. They're, they're wonderful people. And, and also the need, uh, there's, there's definitely a, a need there. And so, yeah, uh, like you, it, it, once it gets in your heart, it's there. And, uh, so yeah, I, I've, I still keep in touch with uh, uh, Pastor Peter, uh, who we'll talk about in a minute. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a dear friend of mine uh, now, and it's great. Uh, I, I've, got, I've got a brother in Africa, and, uh, you know, I didn't know that till I was 40-something years old. Um, so let's talk about that. Let, let's talk, uh, you know, we've talked about your ministry, Grace-Bound, and what you're doing there with the, the children. Uh, and now you've also got a uh, part of that is something called that you have that you call uh, Captura Kids. You want, you want to tell us a little bit about that and then we'll swing specifically to one particular Captura kid. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what we do with, in Captura, which is a village in um, Uganda, I guess it would be northeastern Uganda. Uh, it's kind of up in the mountains. Uh, it's a little bit chilly. It's near a big mountain called Mount Elgon, I believe it is. And um, we got to know a pastor there that we'll talk about in a minute. And we decided that what we want to do is we want to help out those kids. Uh, he has a church with lots of children. Uh, first of all, there wasn't a, um, a children's place to gather. So we helped, Gracebound helped him construct that. So now they have a children's wing. And the next thing is they had a terrible latrine, which looked like something out of uh, you know, worse than the Beverly Hillbillies, I guess. And um, we helped them construct a, a latrine with running water so that they can wash. And it's uh, made out of cinder blocks instead of ramshackled wood with uh, corrugated steel. And uh, then we decided that we would uh, like to feed them because when they come to church on Sundays, uh, the kids, they don't always have not always eaten. 
So we feed them. And what's great is these, these volunteer women, they are out there every Sunday now and they fire up the charcoal fires, which is how they cook over a charcoal fire, sort of semi outdoors. And they, they make the posho and the greens and they feed anywhere from, looks like between 75 to 200 children every Sunday. So that's a meal that Gracebound provides the money for. They do all the legwork and uh, that gives the kids at least one meal a day so that their tummies are full when they are listening to the Sunday school teaching about God's love. Excellent. So yeah, that's the ministry of Captura Kids. Great, great. And so we talked about the pastor of Captura Baptist Church, uh, Peter Kimboy. Uh, and so Peter is, uh, Daniel's father. And, uh, so let's talk specifically about, about Daniel. Uh, like I said, I met Daniel and Peter. And when I was there in 2019, you, uh, after, uh, I guess, but, um, so how'd you first come to know Daniel? Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, I mentioned Martin Odie. Great he's guy. A, yeah, he's my mom's partner in ministry, and now he's a partner to me. And I mean, we're like brothers. He calls me, so we're brothers with different colored skins. Yep, know? yep. And uh, I really love the, the man. And uh, he comes to me with his projects from time to time, and I trust him implicitly. He says, this is a project. This is a need. Can you, can you raise some funds for this? And one of the things he brought me was Daniel, mm -hmm. Odie. He brought me a picture. He sent me a picture and he said, this is a young man who I met, told me the story. And of course, the picture of Daniel, which you'll, you would see on the website if you went to www.grace-bound.org, you'll see the first picture that I saw of Daniel, which is him as a 12-year-old. He's got no legs. They cut off right below the pelvic area. Uh, and he's smiling with this beautiful smile. And I just was struck by the discontinuity of that. Here's a kid with no legs, smiling. Uh, and the story of Daniel was, uh, is that when he was three years old, he had a bicycle accident. He broke one leg, which can happen with kids. But because of very poor health response, that leg got infected. And then the other leg got infected. And when both legs were infected, he was about to die. And they had to make the decision to, to, to amputate his legs right about at his pelvis. So Daniel grew up basically walking on his hands. And we were asked to help in whatever way we can. He had some, some wooden legs. And we, we helped by first responding to get him some local fiberglass prosthetic legs. And we raised the money for that. And that was okay, but it didn't last very long because those broke. So we started thinking about, you know, would the Lord allow us to bring Daniel over to the United States to get top of the line prosthetic legs? And we couldn't even, I couldn't even fathom that because I know the cost of top of the line prosthetic legs, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But through a series of prayers and just things, doors opening up, before we knew it, we had one person that told the story to another person and told the story to another person that a group in 
uh, Orlando, Florida, came forward and said, if you can get Daniel over here, we'll give him his legs. They are called PCC, which is prosthetic. Uh, I don't know what PCC stands for, but they're, they're in um, Orlando. And uh, the man, Stan Patterson, is the owner. And Stan is a believer. And he saw the story and he said, we will help Daniel. Uh, Stan is an inventor. He's invented most of the things that prosthetic leg wearers wear now. Uh, top of the line technology. And they manufacture them right there in his shop and they fit them. So our goal was to bring over a kid and his father who have never been outside of their village. We had to bring them onto a plane to fly internationally to get to Orlando and then have them housed and fed for the time, the fitting and the, the initial services. And not only, you know, we had to bring Martin over as well. We didn't have to, we decided to, because Martin has traveled internationally from uh, Africa, but, but those two guys had not. So we had to bring three people over and we were able to raise the funds and the funds came in. It was somewhat miraculous. It was the Lord. And I'll tell you another story that as soon as this started to unroll and the word was out that it looks like we're going to have Daniel come over to get prosthetics. I got a call from a, a man named Marco, Marco Chesito. And Marco said, I'm from Kenya, real close to where Daniel lives. I want to take care of Daniel and, and I work at PCC. And he's a double amputee. And his story is amazing. If you look it up online, Marco says, I'll make sure that they're taken care of that they don't get homesick. And, um, and that was just amazing thing. So everything was just aligning. It was definitely the Lord at work. And Peter, the father of Daniel, whom you're friends with, and I am now too, he kept saying, he would look at me at the eye, in the eye and say, you know, our God is super smart. <laughs> I, can, I can hear him say that. I love that. Super smart. He's super smart. <laughs> And I said, yes, Daniel. I mean, uh, yes, Peter, he is. He is super smart because he was just pulling all of these threads together to, into a rope that was strong to get this thing done. So we brought Daniel over. He got fitted. He was able to walk for the first time. It's hard. Daniel's a tough case. Now, PCC, which is an amazing organization, they outfit um, soldiers who have lost their limbs in uh in in uh in battle they outfit athletes they outfit people who've been in accidents uh and they've seen worse cases than daniel but see daniel you know he had he had grown up basically walking on his hands and so the the balance has been harder for him and he's a big kid when he started at age 12 or 13 he was just growing and now he's like 16. so of course he's already grown out of his prosthetics and you're supposed to get refitted about every six months because your your legs, your stumps actually shrink because they get more muscular. So he it's been almost two years, but we couldn't even think about bringing him over because of COVID right. and because of expense, you know. And so I just and I just didn't have the heart, frankly honestly, to go to my donors and say, you know what, let's, let's do another Herculean 
task and bring this kid over again when you know some of these people's jobs were were stretched out you know some people were on furlough because mm-hmm. they had lost their jobs due to covid so you know so i just didn't make the push but it really wasn't frankly until you called me anthony and you said you know what can't we do something here it's about time to bring daniel back can't we do this and you know you gave me heart you encouraged me to say you know what i think we can i think now is the time we can do this I'd been sort of noodling with the idea, but hadn't done anything on it. But when you and I got together and said, you know what, let's let's give it a, a catchphrase. And the catchphrase we decided on was help Daniel walk. Mm-hmm. And let's turn that into a hashtag. Let's turn it into a Facebook. Let's put it out on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. You decided that you would take the bull by the horns and create a website called www.helpdanielwalk.com, which is a perfect thing. So we're starting to make this thing roll. And again, if the Lord is in it, nothing's going to stop it. So yeah, we are now raising the funds that we need. I suspect we're going to need about $5,000. And uh, that will be enough to cover the flights and just a few meals and things. But once they get here, Marco, Chesito has already said, I'll take care of them. They'll have all the food they need. They'll have all the Ugandan food here in, in Orlando they want. And he works at, at the clinic. So he'll take them back and f- to and forth from the clinic, which was a actually a huge expense last time. And they stayed last time at the Ronald McDonald house, which was very helpful of Orlando. It's the house that Arnold Palmer and his wife have uh, made a, their own particular charity uh, along with the hospital there. And the, the, the Ronald McDonald House was so helpful and generous. But the fact is that Daniel is sort of a little bit outgrowing Ronald McDonald. You know, he's almost, he's 16 now. He looks like he's about 19 though. So it, it, it's probably best, you know, that he finds another situation and since marco has volunteered to house him and peter and to get him back and forth that's just a a perfect situation so really at this point the only challenge is to is airfare and just a few costs related to visas and maybe travel expenses to and from meals and all that but i think we can do it for five grand so that's the goal yep which really is not a lot of money, uh, really. I mean, when you think about it, it's like I said, it's really just airfare uh, and a couple of meals. That's right. For all that others are donating, uh, Stan Patterson, uh, Marco, and so on. So, yeah. So we're, we're I'm excited. I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. Um, so, again, I just want to invite listeners, you know, you – you heard what Brian said. We've got helpdanielwalk.com. I invite you to go check that out. I'll, I'll put links to all of these things in the show notes. Grace-Bound, check that out. Uh, and also, like I said, start getting helping us by giving some traction to the hashtag. You know, use hashtag helpdanielwalk. Get, let's get the message out there. You know, if, again, if you can donate $1, $10, whatever the case is, uh, everything, you know, the, the Lord will bless any amount that 
anybody can give. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he does with this. Uh, so, yep. Let me say something about Daniel for you have a few more minutes here. Yeah, definitely. When I first met Daniel in person in the Orlando airport, he's a sweet kid. You know, like I said, he's got that sweet smile. And I got to know him. I got a little bit of insight into his personality. He's a very, uh, he's smiley, um, but he, he, he would tend to look down. True. Tend not to look you in the eye because he's had a life of being pitied. Okay, because it is a situation that just grabs you when you see it. And he's not taking advantage of that because you know Peter. Peter does not, he right. doesn't have a sense of entitlement at all. He's just no. gentle and honest person. But, you know, when you felt sorry for your life, it does affect you. And he, Daniel would tend to look down and he wouldn't. But when he got those legs, and he was able to stand up and look me in the eye. He was becoming a man. And what I've sensed in him, I haven't seen him over there except in videos, but I'm sensing that he is becoming a leader. He's going from uh, a, a case, a charity case, to a leader of charity. Mm -hmm. And to help Daniel walk, I think will be much bigger than just to help one kid. Because when he went back with those prosthetic legs, those people in Uganda had never seen that. You know, he, he has a set of prosthetics that, I don't know if there's, a, there's another one like that in the entire country. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, of course, he, you know, he, he traveled when he was, in Uganda and in, in Orlando, he, he went, my mom took him to Disneyland. So he did that. So that's what all the kids wanted to talk to him about. You know, what was Disneyland like? You know, did you see Mickey Mouse and all that crazy stuff? So it gave this kid this chance to, instead of being on the lowest end psychologically, it gave him a, a chance to, to be a, a leader. Now what I'm seeing is because he's, he's always wanted to be a doctor. I'm not gonna put that pressure on him and expectation, but he has that opportunity if he wants to. You know, now he's walking around with prosthetic legs that people are, are asking him questions about all throughout Uganda. So this is expanding the country's medical mindset the country's sense of possibility. And Daniel is becoming more of a leader amongst his peers. And it's good because he's already had a good heart. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a leader with a good heart, that's a good thing. So I just see all kinds of possibilities. We need Daniel to walk better. He's, he's a bit shuffling now because he's, he's growing out of these, this set of legs. He has to use a walker. He needs to get not only another set of legs, but another round of instruction because mm -hmm. so much is mental, you know. And, and I want to just interject here for a second because one objection, one question that somebody may have as they're hearing about Daniel and hearing about this is, well, why does he even need to use prosthetic legs? Why not 
you know, why not just a wheelchair? Uh, the terrain, people don't yes. realize, especially here in, in America, where we have sidewalks and smooth roads and paved roads and all this, uh, where Daniel lives. And like I said, I'm, I've seen it. I've been to his church. I've, I've, I've been to his town. You know, we're talking about mostly dirt roads, very uneven, natural terrain. So this is not the kind of place, you know, this is about as inhospitable terrain wise for wheelchairs as like Mars. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's muddy, mm -hmm. you know, there, it rains a lot. So it's muddy. Mm -hmm. Daniel goes to a school. I think now is about maybe four, four miles from his home. And the way he gets there is he takes what they call a boda boda. Yep. Boda boda is their Ugandan phrase for a, uh, a motorcycle taxi. Yep. Those, Everybody takes them. Yep. Those little 200 CC motorbikes that you see all over the place. Yep. That's right. Costs probably, I don't know, maybe a dollar's worth, US dollars to, to go to and from his school. He can't do that if he's on a wheelchair. He can't take a boat, a wheelchair on a boat, a boat. Yeah. And so he would either have to get a, a car, an automobile taxi, which is hugely expensive, or he wouldn't be able to go to the school. Now that he has these prosthetic legs, he can just get on the boda boda, sits behind the driver, these legs bend. So he just puts his legs like a normal, normal set of legs, goes off to school. So it's just really works for him. And uh, a wheelchair just would not. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's Daniel. That that's Daniel's story. That's the story of Grace Dash Bound, and that's the story of HelpDanielWalk.com. So we're asking you, listeners, to to join us. Would you help us help Daniel walk? Um, thanks so much for listening, uh, Brian. Any, any any closing thoughts? I just want to encourage people to to be generous with just even a small amount because you know the, our money goes so far in in Uganda you know we uh, we we can we can feed and clothe kids for so much less than we can here so uh, you know a, a 5 or 10 dollar donation can uh, can really help Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I know that we're giving towards prosthetic legs, but think of it this way, that you're giving towards a child who will become a leader, who will uh, be helping other children in Uganda to be fed and clothed and bringing a story of, of hope. So, you know, even after we help Daniel walk, you know, there's opportunities for you to be generous, even in small amounts, understanding that that will go a long way to uh, to bless individual Africans and really raise the level uh, of an entire uh, country. Amen. Well, Brian, once again, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. It's been a pleasure reminiscing about Pastor Peter and Daniel and Martin and uh, Lord willing, we'll we'll see them see them all again soon. But uh, certainly, we hope to see Pastor Peter 
and Daniel again real soon. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm glad that uh, having the chance to talk to somebody who is technically savvy enough to put together a podcast. That's great. Good for you. <laughs> well, thanks so much. And I will talk to you soon. Hi, this is Anthony. I wanted to tell you about how we're partnering with Gracebound to help raise money for Daniel. Daniel is a young man in Uganda, and we want to bring him back to the States this summer, 2021, to get fitted with new prosthetic legs. He was here a couple of years ago, and well, he's a growing boy, and a growing boy needs a new set of legs. So if you would like to help us out, please visit helpdanielwalk.com and tell a friend. Use the hashtag helpdanielwalk, helpdanielwalk.com. Thanks so much. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community. It's a ministry of striving for eternity. Find more Christian podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com and on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.